You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we are That Bears Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright. You can find Jack on Twitter at BearDownJack. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on DeWindy City as part of the Fan Sided Network. You can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Brendan Chagru, he's an assistant editor at Bears Wire. You can read his fantastic stuff on Bears Wire, or you can find him on Twitter at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. And I saved him for last Logan Bradley at Bear Down Bradley. He's closing in on 200 followers. Oh, except not really. <laughs> and gentlemen, it was Mr. Logan Bradley's birthday this week. So I think we need a nice little round of applause. There's a lot of very nice shout outs from people out there. Thank you to everybody who, who said anything. I appreciate it. My, my favorite was getting to put you in a Cubs t-shirt on our Instagram it, it, story. Honestly, it didn't disturb me as much as the other one, which had to have been the last time I was completely clean shaven. I will never do that again because <laughs> that looked horrible. If you saw that on Dangle's Instagram story, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. And the Cub shirt too. Nobody deserves to see that logo. I think I'll post them both again on our oh. Instagram story just as a lure to bring people in. Sure. And show sure. that thick just wonderful mustache you've sure. got going on right now that thing is just it's it's, it's intoxicating i can't where where, I, where else could i look right now you know what you can you can do with facial hair and hair in general is you can go to sheridan's barbershop which is located in historic downtown wheaton illinois and has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers and open six days a week monday through saturday they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience at sheridansbarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. A facial hair, Logan. I think we're the only two on the pod that maybe can grow the facial hair or, or the only ones that are sporting it right now. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, listen, Bears fans, uh, do you have an annoying roommate? Uh, maybe a uh, Packers reporter who gets overly excited at Jordan Love completions and looking to maybe move on? Well, if you're thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area, there's only one person to call, and that's Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can visit GenevaJeff.com or call or text him at 630-254-4734. All right, guys, there is so much Bears news reaction recaps that we have to get to and we're really really excited to bring in our special guest this week he is i consider him i don't know about you guys i consider him one of the godfathers of bears twitter he's been doing this for a long time with the windy city gridiron he is lester Wiltfon jr he is the editor-in-chief at windy city gridiron he's also the host of t formation conversation and the co-host of baron balance both of those are podcasts you can find him at Wiltfon jr on twitter lester Welcome to the show, man. Glad to talk with you. What's up, guys? How you guys all doing? We're doing great. It's nice. it's been a it's been a week. It, it feels like it's always been a week when it comes yeah. to Bears preseason and training camps over the last I'd say month or so. But uh, just a lot of stuff has happened. I don't know about I don't know how you feel. I'm tired. Yeah, I was supposed to be at camp uh, yesterday, so this is the second time I got rained out. So I'm a little disappointed there, but. It's, you know, there's always, there's always something popping with the bears. It seems in, in, in the off season. I can't believe we're two and oh, 
Like that's the thing that's throwing me off right now. Like I know it's <laughs> just preseason. Oh, well, yeah, clearly, obviously, but, <laughs> but it just, there, there are things that throw me off. I'm just, I'm not used to watching any kind of competency, like within the bears coaching staff, Sheldon. Yes. Yes. I'm nodding. I'm looking at you as I'm saying that it's just, pre-season. I can't believe I heard those words come out of your mouth. Just wait though, till we get to a little true false here though, buddy, I got something for you. <laughs> All right. So gentlemen, before we get into true falls, which I've got a ridiculous amount of true false questions for you tonight, let's talk about the Roquan situation. Uh, Lester, we're going to bring you in on this one. Were you kind of surprised by what you heard? Were you surprised to see Roquan practicing? Do you think this is going to end well for Roquan? I was surprised that it happened when it happened. I, I wasn't surprised that he ended up, you know, coming back. I just figured that the most logical outcome for this whole scenario was going to be, He's going to play. I mean, what were his options to sit out? I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, the bears have him for the fifth year option this year. And then if they wanted to, they can franchise tag him twice. I can't see it happening because the way the, the linebacker position is with the franchise tag, a lot of those edge rushers in a three, four are, are counting towards that, that factor. So big money. So I just think at some point they're going to get a deal that I know. I know he said that he's not looking to, to negotiate during the season, but I think if the deal's in the table, I think if, if he's showing what they think he can be, I think he'll sign something and get, and get it locked up. I really feel like this is a win-win for all sides. I mean, because Roquan, he kind of accepted his fate this year and he's all in. He's all in for 2022. He's still earning just under $10 million and he's aware that, hey, I can cash in no matter what next year. He seems actually, at least in the brief snippets I heard, he seems kind of okay with the franchise tag. He's like, Hey, that's a pretty big number. And now for the bears, I, I think a lot of us were okay. If they were to pay Roquan big money and like actually lock him up long-term, but now you get a chance to actually see how he does in your system and you don't have to commit that money yet. And it's basically really a blank slate next year. Maybe the bears don't need, I, I'm not going to say the bears don't need Roquan, but maybe Ryan Poles sees that, he's not as pressing of a need as maybe we thought this year. It gives you just more options. So I'm really happy with how this turned out. And thankfully it's just like, we can finally turn the page. If anything, I think that he has a good chance going into this year. If he really, you know, plays hard and is able to put this behind him, I think he has a good chance of being able to almost raise his value a little bit more just because of the whole Eberflus defense and him playing that position that Shaq Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, played in that Colts defense that got him such a payday. Now, do I think that he's going to reset that market? No, probably not at this point. But again, I think that he's going to be put in a very good position to succeed and and make some good money this offseason. All right, gentlemen, we have a packed house. It is time to get to true false. We've got a lot. I've got, I mean, a ridiculous amount of true false questions for you guys, but I'm excited about this one. Lester, we are so, so excited. You are our first guest that's going to be part of uh, true false. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, Now, gentlemen, I just want to remind you, especially because there are so many of you and I'm going to sit this one out. I I just want to listen to the brilliant minds that are on this podcast and hear what you guys have to say. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of moderator. Please keep your answers succinct. Please keep them brief to the point as best you possibly can. And because, gentlemen, we want to be gracious hosts, we're going to let Lester get the first true-false on each of these. For the rest of them, I will call it out as I see it. So for this first one, we're going to go Lester, Brendan, Patrick, Logan, and finishing up with Jack. Gentlemen, first statement, Tevin Jenkins is in the Bears' long-term plans at right guard. True. I, I think this is the, the best, best place for him, considering the makeup of the current roster. Uh, they feel they have uh, some good competition at tackle. Uh, I think Tevin Jenkins now has been a guard for, I think, a little a little over a week now. He's had to start 23 snaps. Thought he did pretty, pretty good there uh, in the game. So it's going to take him some time to get to where he needs to be. But I think he is the, uh, the long term uh, an answer at the right guard spot for the Bears. I'll say false at this moment, just because there's been, there's still been a lot of tinkering with the offensive line. I think there is still some things out there that Tevin could be moved. And I think he's in their immediate plans, especially since they don't seem to be wanting getting the trade capital that they want back uh, if a trade does present itself. Um, But I think a lot of tinkering is still yet to come. So it's, I don't know if it's a long-term solution yet. Yeah, I want it to be true, but factually, I'm I'm probably going to say false. I mean, every time you think that things are starting to turn around on the Tevin Jenkins front, 
We get the rumors uh, from Schefter and, and Peggy Kaczynski again that they're still looking to move him. And I think Schefter went as far as to say he thinks it's most likely that, that he could get dealt by week one. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they're throwing him out there at guard to increase the trade value. But I would like for it to be true because I think that's best case scenario for the Bears. But things are trending towards false, if I'm being honest. I definitely am going to go the false route as well. I think that Brandon said it right. I would say that he's part of their immediate plans, but I'm not sure if he's part of that long-term plan just because of the fact that he was drafted by the old regime. They're, you know, trying him out at guard now. It doesn't seem like they have like a long-term plan in place for Tevin Jenkins. And it just doesn't feel like at this point with everything that's gone in the offseason that they're going to build around him necessarily. So I will go with false. I'm a little surprised to join the consensus. False. I think they wouldn't have dropped the big contracts on the two other linemen, and I think they're showcasing him right now. And it's a little bit of a bummer because I really think he's a great down like he, in the run game, especially watching him last game. Wow, dude can road great. He really can. So, uh, but I don't know. Something doesn't seem to be jiving, and I think maybe there's a little bit of fire where the smoke came when it came to some of the issues with the coaching staff and his attitude. All right, gentlemen, we're going to stick with this exact same order for this question, and then I will shake it up, change it up a little bit. We're going to stick with the offensive line. The starting five offensive linemen for the Chicago Bears will be at left tackle, Braxton Jones. Left guard, Cody Whitehair. At center, Lucas Patrick. Right guard, Tevin Jenkins. And at right tackle, Larry Borum for week one. I'm not sure if Patrick's going to be ready to go week one. Um, we'll have to see how, how that thumb surgery went. Uh, if, if he can snap good, I think he'll, he'll be out there. But at this point, I think it's going to be must for maybe one week. But but I do agree with that Borum's going to be the guy at, uh, at right tackle. I'll, I'll say true. And basically, Lester hit it on the nail on the head. I'm a little nervous that Patrick's not going to be ready. We haven't heard any updates on them. Uh, it's really interesting. Just real quickly, this regime really isn't a forthcoming with injuries. Um, so I'm really hopeful that Sam Mustafer is not the starting center, but I think the rest of them are are going to be that. And I'm a little surprised that Larry Borum's getting the right tackle snaps. I thought Tevin Jenkins looked great at guard. I'm not so sure about Larry Borum, but that's that's the way it's trending. So I'll say true. Yeah, I'm going to say false. Uh, I also don't want Sam Mustafer to start at center week one. In fact, I've been saying my prayers nightly to St. Omni, the patron saint of offensive linemen, and uh, hoping that he's not lining up there at week one. But I think it's probably likely. Um, I also don't know that Tevin Jenkins is going to be there at, at the right guard spot. You know, just mentioned the comment by Schefter. And I think Paul said after the, the last preseason game that, you know, this team may not look the same in a couple of weeks. So, Maybe that's foreshadowing some some movement, uh, maybe with Tevin Jenkins. So, but for the the Lucas Patrick injury alone, I think probably uh, false. I'll say false for the purposes of yeah. I do think you will see Sam Moose for their week one at center, just for the sake of trying to have some semblance of continuity along this line for just a little bit of time. And maybe it makes Justin Fields more comfortable week one. I don't know. I don't have a great answer there for you, but I just think you got to try to have some type of continuity. And maybe at this point that gives you your best shot. I'm going to say false left side is set Jones and Cody, I think are set, but I agree with Lester about the center. Unless we hear otherwise about the health of Patrick, we're going to see Mustafer. And I, I, again, I, I think Schofield and Reef are going to be in the mix in some way, shape, or form. I just don't think you go out and spend that kind of money on those guys and then you don't play them. All right, gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about the football game. I, I wanted to say Monday Night Football because we've got that ESPN crew, which I've got some thoughts about that that I won't get to share for this this episode, but that's okay. Let's start off with the Seattle Seahawks. For this round, we're going to go Lester, Jack, Logan, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru will finish it up. The Seattle Seahawks are a giant dumpster fire and will be in last place in the NFL. False. I think that uh, that's a well-coached team. They didn't look like it on uh, on the game. Pete Carroll has traditionally had this team ready to play football. Uh, They're going to try and grind games out. They'll keep games slow. They'll win a couple games here and there. Quarterback play is going to be awful for them, but there are a few other pretty bad teams in the NFL. So I'm going to say for the sake of the the point where you made, they'll be the worst team in the league. I think that's going to be false. 
I'm going to say true just because I think I loathe Lewis Riddick and Dan Orzlowski right now and they're like ridiculous defense of them. Here, this is a vibe. I could be wrong. I'm wondering if Pete Carroll is starting to get the, hey, you're a little clueless old man and we're not listening to you anymore kind of vibe. I don't know. Just sometimes on the sidelines, it doesn't look like maybe he's connecting anymore. And, and Lester, all respect to you, I could be completely wrong on that and I will fully admit it if I am. But I, I, they looked terrible. I mean, awful. And I think they will be the worst team. I will say true as well, just because I think Pete Carroll might've just chewed his last piece of gum. He just chewed it a little bit too hard and he's just a little bit older now, but naturally I would say like the Seahawks aren't going to be the worst in the league because, because of Pete Carroll. I mean, I still think he's probably a very good coach, but boy, like I look at a talentless roster. I mean, that's, that's maybe a little harsh on the bears, but there's not a whole lot of talent. There's not a whole lot of talent on the Seahawks either. I mean, you obviously have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and a couple of the guys, but you, Oh, if your quarterback situation is sort of heavily reliant on Geno Smith, potentially in the year 2022, you're bad. You're real bad. Yeah. I'm going to say true. They're a dumpster fire, but false that they will be the worst team in the league. I think um, the giants still exist. And, uh, I'm not a Daniel Jones believer, uh, but anytime, like you said, Logan, anytime you're rolling into a week and you're choosing between uh, Drew Locke and Geno Smith as your starting quarterbacks, it's hard not to be a dumpster fire, but I don't think they'll be the worst team in the league. Yeah, I'll say false. And I, I, I admit I'm kind of contradicting myself because I was just all in on Thursday, just saying the Seahawks are the worst team in the league and everything. But I mean, for being serious, statistically speaking, I mean, you still have the Giants, like you said, the Texans are still there. I think the Seahawks still are coached to an extent okay by Pete Carroll. I mean, I do understand what you're saying, Jack, like he might be getting long in the tooth people. He's been there a long time and he's lost a lot of those players that were actually there when they were good. But I just kind of think that one of the other teams could potentially just, you know, really, really crap the bed. And I'm just playing the uh, statistics. And that's really hard to say so many times in a podcast. Gentlemen, let's stick with the same order, talking basically about that same game, same situation. Lewis Riddick and Dan Orlovsky should not be calling NFL games on ESPN anymore. I'll go true because uh, I, I think Riddick's okay. I, I think, I don't know what happened to Riddick this week. Um, I think he kind of may, may have got caught up in, in, in his feelings a little bit here with what's going on with the Bears. Orlovsky's bad though. He's he's pretty bad. I mean, his bias came through a lot. You know, he does he has a lot of bad takes on on air when and other stuff he does. He has a lot of bad tweets. He knows football, but I, I just I wasn't feeling the vibe of Orlovsky. Riddick, though, I'll give him a pass this week alone. True. I think what has become clear to me doing this gig is that the national media just doesn't know local teams. And and maybe they just Maybe there's no time for them to study them, and so they can't know them, but they just don't. That's one. And two, people want analysis. People who love football want to hear about the intricacies of the game and the specific players. To push some sorry bullshit narrative that you have pre-planned before the show, whether it fits or not with the gameplay, it's so tired, and I'm so sick of it. Um, I'll say false. I mean, I... I think it was very bad, and I, I don't think that necessarily people were too much overreacting, but I also at the same time think that there is a natural state of overreaction to it. I don't know what happened to Lewis Riddick. I mean, I like two, I remember two or three years ago thinking that he was like one of my favorite kind of football minds to listen to. Um, and then as for Dan Orlovsky, I think just sometimes he's, he's sort of a guy who just, he steps in it all the time. And I think sometimes he almost does it on purpose because it kind of puts some attention on him, good or bad. Steps in it, like the back end zone steps in it. That was good. Didn't uh, you? Uh, oh, and I thought, I didn't, nope, I thought nope. he'll never, ever. Yeah, I was waiting I, ever. Anytime he makes a bad point, that's like, look at the tweet and the very next yeah. tweet will be him running out of the we'll back of that video. Zone. Yeah, um, I'm going to say true. I think Orlovsky is great at what he does, which is spend time to break down QB film and keep doing that because you're good at it. Um, but it, it appears he didn't really do his homework, like you said, Jack, to understand the Bears real situation or uh, even 
honestly evaluate how the Seahawks were doing right before his eyes. Um, Riddick, he came across as a a jilted uh, ex-lover, right? Like, I don't know. I'm so glad that guy did not get a sniff at the GM job, having once thought maybe that was a possibility and even a pretty decent fit. Oh, my God. Thank goodness he didn't even get in the, the doors of Hallis Hall because um, his his bias came through, I think, big time. But um, I don't want to hear either one of them anymore. I think, Jack, to your point, that's why folks are gravitating to the Manning podcast, because they like analysis. They like to hear people talk football because your average consumer of football is a lot smarter than they used to be. There's a lot of information out there. You don't have to talk to them like they're stupid because they're not. And and if you you try to blow sunshine up the rear end and you haven't done your homework, the fans are going to call you out on it. I'll say true as well. And I'm once again, agreeing with Lester saying that Riddick's not the best, but he has been much better in previous years. And I don't know what happened. I think the combination of him and Orlovsky is just terrible. And Steve Levy, I like Steve Levy a lot, like in terms of like his hockey, his, his sports center hosting abilities. He's just not a great play-by-play guy. And there are so many better minds at ESPN, even if you have the like B team essentially, because Joe and Troy are now the A team for Monday night football. Why don't you tap any of them on the shoulder to try to do some analysis? I think they'd be great. It's always the, the backup quarterback who just talks too much, who thinks they're way better than everybody else when we know they really aren't because they, don't know that running out of the end, running out of your own end zone causes a safety. And yes, you're right. That's the one gift that'll always be associated with Dan Olavsky. Makes me laugh every time. Patrick Sheldon, you heard me say it at the beginning that I think there's been a lot of things to like about Matt Eberflus, uh, but this one, not so much for this one. We're going to go Lester, Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and Logan. Matt Eberflus not challenging Isaiah Coulter's clear catch was dumb. True. Yeah, I'm going to have to call him out on this. And I think uh, it's preseason. You know, the week before he talked about wanting to go through the, the motion of doing certain things, this would have been a good teaching experience for him and his staff. And, you know, if they weren't quite sure about it, if he had a gut feeling and he thought it was a catch, he think he should have, you know, uh, dropped the red flag out there, went through the process and, 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 you know, let the chips fall where they may on that. And that would have been a catch. I'll also say true. Uh, I won't blame Matt Eberflus as much as I wanted to in the in the moment after hearing him talk about it, but it was still a failure. He said after the game when he didn't challenge it that they never got a second look of it from their other coaches. And that just shows that's an issue. That's kind of a failure of, you know, who's sending down that film for people to review. And I just want to know that our coaching staff is able to make those decisions really quickly. So that way, something like this doesn't happen. The preseason is a perfect time to try that out. And I was very, very disappointed that they didn't do it. And it was a it was a miss on my part. Yeah, true. It was a miss. Uh, but I, I don't know that it's a huge failure. It'll be a huge failure if he doesn't correct it and address it. Go forward. Like you said, Brendan, that's what the preseason's about. Work it, work it out. Um, but this has been a systemic problem for the Bears for a long time. Like, do they not have somebody watching the live feed, like the regular broadcast feed and going, hey, maybe take a timeout because that looked like a catch. How do we not have video of this when you can see it on the live broadcast? The Bears need to get that fixed because it's been an issue for years. In that vein, I'm going to go false for now. If it is persistent and we continue to see anything in the realm of the visor coach era, then then I'll eat my words and it was a major fail and that was a screw up. I just I, I just think he's got his eye on other things right now. Uh, and in the preseason, that's probably not one of the major things that he's got his eye on. And so I'm going to give him a pass on this one. You never know when you're going to need those preseason challenges at the end of the game so that you can win that meaningless preseason game on maybe a more important play. Um, No, I'm kidding. Um, But I I, I think it's false. Just obviously it's not a great look, but it's what Shell said. It's just as long as you are taking what you learn from this situation and bringing it into the regular season where the games count and you don't let that happen again, then I don't mind. He's a first time head coach, too, so. Give him a pass on this one. We're going to stick with the exact same order as the last time. Fans should be worried about Kyler Gordon's rocky start. False. Uh, it's his first uh, preseason game. I thought he played pretty good, actually, all things considered. I think I saw the stats said that he uh, gave up just one catch for, I think, 12 yards. Uh, just targeted twice. Uh, he did have the missed tackle. That's concerning, but 
We're talking about a rookie making his first ever preseason appearance in front of his his family and his friends because he's from the area. Uh, there probably was some 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 nerves there with him, so I'm not worried about him. You know what I saw from him in camp? It's a very talented rookie. Uh, he could play the nickel, he could play outside for you. So I'm not worried about Gordon at all. I'm not worried either. False. Um, I, I think maybe after seeing what we saw from Jaquan Brisker the first week, we were really amped up to see what Kyler Gordon could do. And maybe he didn't like flash as much as Brisker did, but he was effective. I mean, I loved how Allen Williams used him in a blitz package and basically chased Geno Smith out of bounds, or I think it was like a late incompletion. So he essentially, you know, forced an incompletion or almost a sack, of course. We know the missed tackle and that big run. That was an issue. But other than that, I thought he was he was fine. He just didn't flash like Jaquan Brisker did. But Jaquan Brisker plays a different position. I think he was kind of made for those flashy plays to kind of come in and coverage. And yeah, I'm ex- I'm still excited for him. Yeah, I'm I'm not worried either. Uh, I'm probably more worried about Jaquan Brisker's thumb, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, but I'm not going to belabor the point. I think you all hit the nail on the head. A rookie playing his first meaningful snaps without much time as he was injured for a lot of the uh, preseason. So, no, I'm not worried yet at all. False. And for the record, I'll take Brisker with one ash cheek and three toes. I'll still take him. Dan Campbell style. He'll still kick your ass. <laughs> that was Campbell-esque, Jack. Thanks. That was what I was going for. He uh, sample size. I just the sample size is too small for me at this point. Uh, you know, he's sat out most of camp, uh, so I don't know as if you can be overly concerned about a single preseason game. I, I just need to see more of him. So false. Yeah, definitely false. He was playing first time he'd step foot on an NFL field. He was playing a couple miles away from where he played high school football, where he played college football. He had a bunch of family there. I cannot imagine that he had the most clear mind going into that game. So uh, excited to see what he does moving forward. All right. For these last few questions, gentlemen, we're going to go with the exact same order. So we're going to go Lester, Patrick, Brendan, Logan, and Jack. Bears fans should be worried about Brisker's hand. False. I mean, it's a thumb. He's a safety. I mean, it'd be nice to have it back there, but if he has to club it up for a week or two, I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, the Bears said it's minor. I mean, they're not very forthcoming with injuries. I mean, it's the offseason, so technically they don't have to, um, but they did make a point to say that uh, it's, it's something that should be back soon, so... I'm not worried at all. Briscoe will be there. If he does miss any time, maybe one week. But at this point, it's all about pain threshold. Um, if he can deal with the pain, club it up, get out there and uh, do some fantastic uh, Jaquan Briscoe-like plays. Yeah, false. I'm not worried either. Uh, Eddie Jackson should be our ball hawking safety. I think Brisker can play his role with, with the cast. Uh, although even with the cast, he may end up with more interceptions than Eddie Jackson. Hello. Um, but no, I'm not worried about it. I am also not worried about it. I mean, we've seen defenders play with clubs. Okay. And again, he just needs to, as long as he's breaking up passes, he's still flying around the field. I think it'll be okay. And, uh, maybe he just, he plays with the club. The bears get the dub club dub is back. Okay. <laughs> Tell a friend. Do we want that? Do we Tell want a friend. that? <laughs> we don't want that back. Um, just to buck the trend, I'll say I'm super worried. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I read the word surgery. I'm freaking out. Um, no, I'm not. But still, I would like for the guy who looked absolutely phenomenal last week to be happy, healthy, not have surgery on any part of his body, even if it's just his thumb. But I'm mainly just doing this to not say what everyone else said. False. I, I mean, I, I just ditto what Lester said, and I think he can play with the club. The only issue would be that if there were some complications or it took longer to heal, because then I'm not sure about the secondary's depth, because I'm not, I don't know as if we've seen a great deal of depths, and the playmaking ability of Brisker is next level so far. Gentlemen, I got two questions left for you. Cole Komet is going to have a breakout season. Same order as last time. I'm going to say false, and that's because I think he already had his breakout season. He had 60 catches a year ago, 600-some yards, no touchdowns, which obviously sucks, but you know his targets in the red zone, uh, some of them were eaten up by Jimmy Graham. I'm expecting a nice year. I mean, I can see him having a more productive season and having less 
overall numbers as far as catches go, just because the way the offense is going to be constructed, I think is a great scheme fit. Um, I want to see more of him as a run blocker. Uh, we haven't seen much of that this preseason. He only played seven snaps last game, but I want to see what he can do with the run game because he talked about working on that. He talked about being more aggressive in the run game, being more physical in the run game, wanting to finish guys in the run game. If that can improve, I think he's okay as a receiver. And as that classic inline tight end, I think he's a, he's a good fit for the Bears. Yeah, I almost want to lawyer you right now, Dangle, and, and get you to define what a breakout season is because I'm not sure. <laughs> but Because uh, I'm kind of going with where Lester's going. Like, If he has the year he had last year from a, a receptions and receiving yards standpoint, if he can just boost the touchdown numbers a bit, I'm, that's fine for me. That's more than adequate production out of that tight end position. Um, but it goes back to what we talked about last week. Like, If people are thinking he's going to be – like a Kelsey or Kittle type tight end and, and just put up obscene numbers, it's not going to happen. So uh, I think we just got to keep breakout in context. For the second week in a row, can I just remind people, this is not my full-time job. I'm trying to make this fun and interesting, and you guys are just <laughs> tearing me to, how dare you come up with this stupid statement, this true-false statement, Dangle? You're an idiot, and we hate your face. Depends on what the meaning of the word breakout means. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what, Dangle, sure, you know, Tony Reale would never, ever never, say something right? like that. Mine I couldn't. didn't want to say it, but Shagru, <laughs> you're so right. I... It's true. Um, I'm going to say true, and I think I can maybe lend some context into what I'm saying about what defines a breakout year. You're right. He had some really good stats last year, but I think they need to be put in context. I saw a lot of Cole Komet 10 yard catches when it was third and 23 and it didn't mean anything. He wasn't covered. It was just dump passes. I didn't see him be an effective weapon in the passing game. I think that's going to change like overnight this year. He is, he and fields, I swear. And I bless you. You can probably attest to this going to camp. Those two were just hooking up so much in camp Clearly when Komet came in in the first series, first two plays were targets to Komet. I mean, the screen pass I thought was a nice design. And then of course him going over the middle, I think it looks leaner. He looks faster. He's actually going to be utilized in a better position. Like he's going to be better utilized this year than he was last. And so even if the stats are slightly better, I think just those context of yards where they're coming from in crucial situations, that's going to be different. And I think that's, what's going to set him over the edge for a breakout year. There's nothing like hooking up with a tight end at summer camp, right, Chigru? <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to go into that, man. I was about to say those two you were hooking up more than kids at band camp. One you time. can't set him up like that. I, you yeah, can't. you can't do it. I you was going to make a now. joke myself, and I was like, I'm talking too long. I got to move on. I knew you were going to go for it. I knew you were going to go for this one. It's hard to, it's, wow. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm flustered now. Oh, true, true, and here's why. On the screen pass, the spin. When you're a ball carrier, you have options. In the past, he's been a battering ram. He added something. He added a spin, and he got yards after the catch. That was I was surprised by that. He can use his off arm, and he can stiff arm or look somebody up. He can spin, and I think that bodes well for his future career. Also, the energy after the catch was awesome. I loved it. True, he is going to break out. This this man only had two touchdowns over his first two seasons, and you would hope that this year he, as Shells mentioned, he mentioned the red zone portion of things. He should be that number one target, I would hope, in the red zone. And if you can get five touchdowns from Cole Komet, similar catch numbers to what he had last year, that's a great breakout season. All right, gentlemen, it's time for the last one. Bears fans are overrating their football team same order as last time uh that's a good question i think it's probably true because i've seen more i mean it's funny because the positivity on social media kind of goes in two different ways it's it's they're happy for the young players what they can do and then it's also does that mean that they think the team would be be better than what they think they're going to be i still see this team as maybe a six seven win team i just can't see them contending at this point I hope I'm wrong. I want him to go to the playoffs. I think it would be great. I'm not one of these guys that want to see him, you know, tank for draft picks. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I think the draft is a crapshoot as it is. So let's just win the games now. I think that's better for the culture. So 
yeah, I think right now, overall, I think it could be overrating this team, expecting a little something more than they should. And then it's going to lead to disappointment down the road. I think we've seen that with the Matt Met, the Matt Nagy era, a lot of disappointment as the year goes on, you know, then they're trying to do, make, make some uh, hindsight decisions of what they should have done way back when. So I think right now I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I think they're uh, overrating what they're expecting. Lester, real quickly, and I want to plug this for you guys because I, I love it when it comes out every week. Uh, Windy City Gridiron does like the confidence in your team, fan polling or whatever. And I know you're going to do that for the – I'm assuming you're going to do that for the regular season. But if you if I'd ask you right now, where do you think the confidence level for Bears fans is? The last time we did it, I think it was last week, I think it was like uh, 64%. And uh, I mean, it, it's it's it fluctuates with wins, obviously. Um, but I just I just think that right now they're overrating a little bit. We'll see. I mean, I think that if they if they lose to the Niners, I mean, that's going to drop. That's going to drop significantly. The people are going to be really disappointed. But the Niners, you know, that's a pretty good football team. Yeah, I, I'm going to say false. I see a lot of parallels with the Mitch Trubisky situation. Bear with me for just a second. There, I feel like we talked about this. We didn't hate Mitch Trubisky, but the people who were commenting on Mitch Trubisky felt the need to like kind of combat the, the irrationally positive head-in-the-sand fans that were like, Mitch Trubisky is the greatest quarterback ever. Um, I feel like a lot of the same stuff is going on here where I think the vocal minority of bear fans are just pushing back against that national narrative that the bears are terrible. And so you, you've like got the pendulum swinging in the other direction. I think the vast majority of bears fans are, are probably um, pretty, pretty like rational about where the season's going. I think six to seven wins is probably about right. But I've said before, I wouldn't be shocked if they won eight or nine games. Like I wouldn't be, it wouldn't absolutely floor me, but um, so I'm going to say false. I'll say true that the Bears are overrating their team or Bears fans are overrating their team only because this is prime overrating season. This is the right before the regular season starts. It, it's a cycle. We all get really, really excited and it's nobody's fault. It's just we've been seeing the same guys kind of hit each other in training camp. You start to hear about the highlight plays who's impressing, who could maybe surprise this year. And after a while, it just sort of boils over and you kind of talk yourself into, hey, this team's probably going to be better than we think for a number of reasons, whether it's what you see in the preseason games or like I just said, like seeing those highlight plays. I think we kind of get in this cycle. It's a long off season and it's just, it's like the natural cycle of things and seeing Bears fans on Twitter really try to say like, hey, like this is a, I think it's a 10 and 11 win season. I think this could potentially could be a playoff dark horse team. I mean, th that happens and we all get sucked into it one way or the other. I think if you asked us in maybe like February or definitely in January, where your confidence level was versus now, I think all of us would be very, you know, at least significantly more confident. So yeah, I, I think it's just natural for bears fans to overrate their team. I'm going to say false. And I think, Maybe it feels like they are over-anticipating the success because we've had to overcompensate, and Patrick can relate to this, had to overcompensate for the defense of Fields and our Bears. We're constantly on the defense because everybody just thinks that they're going to be absolute dog water, and we don't think they're going to be great. I don't think Bears fans know that we've lost a lot of key players on this team. But because it seems as though we're constantly under attack, Bears fans are on the defense all the time. I overcompensate for nothing, yeah. Jack. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. Got it out. I, Got it I out. see okay. the rise smile. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> um, I'm saying true. And normally I think I poke fun at a lot of fans for being too optimistic going into a season. But what Brennan said is so true. It's just a natural life cycle. If we reach this point, even I woke up like the other day, whenever the Roquan news hit and I was like, you know what? Maybe, the, you know, we got our best player back on the field. We could probably <laughs> pop off like nine wins. It's not true. We're not going to win nine games this year. So I don't blame anyone for doing it. It's just what happens. And you know what? Going into a season as a fan, as much as I make fun of people, what is the point of being a fan if you're not going to at least try to be optimistic, which is something I need to do better at myself? If Fields is that guy, can they not win nine games? I still don't think so. I, no? 
I'm supposed to just be moderating, but who's he going to throw the ball to when Darnell yeah. Mooney and Cole Komet are covered? If he's that guy, if he's that guy, he would have to be Superman. Then yes, I think they he's can. been great at distributing the ball. And so the great quarterbacks make their receivers better. Yeah. And he's to, not to, necessarily been honing in on just Darnell Mooney. To sometimes fourth, he, to fourth sometimes and fifth he, string wide you, receivers. Brandon, sometimes he over, he, sometimes he doesn't take his eyes off of them. But in terms of like raw stats and distribution, he distribute he distributes the ball. But against like fourth and fifth string DBs. I, I'm still a little concerned about the distribution, at least. And I'm not even talking about last year. I'm just talking strictly this year. I mean, in the in the Seahawks game, those passes to Komet look great. And what did he do on that? I forget what down it was, but where he's rolling left, he has Equinemia St. Brown right there. He tries to thread the needle for Darnell Mooney. Now, I know that's like the big play, and he's not trying to check it down, but it's I've just seen him kind of lock on to certain guys like that, going not only camp, but also the preseason games. I just want to make sure that like he's developing that chemistry with those newer players like Bayless, ESB, Pringle hasn't been out there, obviously. So, I mean, I think it's a valid concern to an extent. Gentlemen, thank you very much for a really fun round of True or False. This is di- very difficult to not throw in my two cents on some of these statements, which obviously I wrote uh, as not my full-time job one more time. Uh, and, you know, also like knowing what I would say, would it, but I didn't get an opportunity to do so. Lester, we cannot say thank you enough for being part of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Truly, and jumping in on True False, you just, you crushed it, obviously. For some crazy reason, if one of our listeners is not following you on Twitter or not aware of what you're doing, can you just kind of run through your your socials and all those things so that make sure that they know where you're at? Yeah, I'm at, uh, uh, obviously, I write for uh, WindyCityGridiron.com. Podcasts of the same name. Our video home is actually called Second City Gridiron. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WiltFongJR. Lester, thank you so much for being on the show. Anytime, guys. It was fun. Thanks, Lester. Thanks, Thanks Lester. Guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Good meeting you. Thanks. And uh, Lester is such, he's such a smart dude. And I just feel like, like I said in his introduction, I don't know. I, you, you guys may not feel the same way, but I consider him one of those like founding fathers, godfathers of Bears Twitter. He's just been around. He's seen so much. He's done incredible things with Windy City Gridiron. And I think he has like, he's one of those guys that has a very just realistic viewpoint of the Bears. And I love his analysis. So having him on was was such a fun time. His answers revealed immediately, and they were concise as you requested, Ryan. But even in the brief period in which he talked, it revealed a deep knowledge of the Chicago Bears. It's clear he knows mm-hmm. his Bears. He's not just talking out of his arse, and he's not looking for hot takes. And if you listen to us at all, you know that's something we greatly appreciate. But those hot take people do make the Twitter world go round. If it wasn't for them, Twitter would be, maybe it'd be better, but it'd be very boring. So we'll give them that just small thing because I'm not a hot take guy. It's true. As a, as a fan of McDonald's, I prefer hot cakes over hot takes. Mm-hmm. It's been That's like five or six Chagru. episodes since we since he's brought up McDonald's or we brought up McDonald's and Chagrue at the same time. I, I just I, like to say, I if I ever have a hot take, I always say I'm serving up hot takes like they're hot cakes. And for the record, I actually don't like hot cakes. I haven't had them in like 20 years. What is a hot cake? It's what they call pancakes. it, pancakes. Oh, okay. Wait, are you are, like are you anti pancake? Like this rubbery Me? pancake? Yeah. No. Why would I be anti pancake? You just yeah, said you haven't had problem. But no, I haven't had the McDonald's pancakes. Now I understand. I make my own pancakes. Yeah, yeah. you don't have kids, otherwise you've had them every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and fake sausages. But that's it. That's an important question. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, pancakes. Pancakes. Stop. That was quick. Pancakes. Yeah, it's pancakes. I've been having a lot of waffles recently, so I'll go waffles. I'm got not some anti blueberry waffle, waffles, but I'm just pre. I'm more pancake. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Big news. I, I think we're probably the 800th podcast to give away an item, but we're doing it. We're we're this is happening. So I mean, I was I, I, I get, I'm getting nervous. My palms are sweaty. I don't even know if I can I can Newsweek. say it. Gentlemen, we are going to be giving away a, and I have to put this out here in parentheses. Size is large. Sheldon, don't say anything. <laughs> well, now I want it always. <laughs> I wasn't even going to. 
a a large Justin Fields away jersey, not the throwback, which are really, really cool, but the classic uh, away jersey, Justin Fields jersey to one of our listeners. (laughs) Brendan, why don't you go through exactly how one of our listeners can win this really cool jersey? You betcha, Ryan Dangle. Here's how you can get your hands on an away Justin Fields jersey. All you have to do is when we put out a tweet this week, you'll see the jersey. Like that tweet. Retweet that tweet. And make sure you're following us on Twitter. And just take a screenshot of you subscribed to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It can be Spotify. It can be Apple Podcasts. It can be Google. It can be some janky podcast machine that runs a ton of ads that you should probably not be paying for. Whatever it is. Just send all of that in the tweet and you will automatically be entered to win one Justin Fields jersey that Ryan Dangle currently has in his hands and it is still in the package. So his sweaty hands are not touching the material yet. It's true. I just said my, my palms were sweaty, but not in this. This here, mm-hmm. you all can hear mm-hmm. this. That is an official plastic Crispy. bag from the NFL. Or I thought you were going into the Eminem song. I was really hoping. I thought so too. Chagru's dropping like rhymes left and right. I thought Dangle was going to follow it up with my palms are sweaty. You get one shot, one opportunity yeah. to win this jersey. Uh, <laughs> folks, I just really, we want to take a second and really just say this. Like, we're just so unbelievably thankful. It was a really big deal for us to leave the Bear Down Report and to start this thing. It took a whole lot of planning, a whole lot of things behind the scenes uh, from all five of us. And we're just so incredibly grateful for the amazing listeners that we have. We want to say thank you. Absolutely. And and just for behind the scenes thing, I tried to convince the rest of the group for us to give away an old ratty Mark Colombo jersey, but everyone was saying that we wouldn't get any reviews and no one would enter, which I don't believe still, but okay. <laughs> How about that? That Mitch Trubisky jersey. I know you got sitting in your closet right now. Yeah, let's just say that did not make the trip to L.A. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's back home. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it is time to get to Jack's question. Jack, what do you got for us this week? All right, gentlemen. So a lot of you are familiar with the game that again, when we're what do you what do you say, Ryan? We are family-ish. So I'll try to couch this in a family-ish way. But but the game is called like rhymes with duck, right? Like duck, marry, or kill. We're gonna call it kiss, kill, or marry. One of these choices you have to kiss, one of them you will kill, and one of them you will marry. So normally the choices are pretty shit. That's what makes it tough to choose is because you don't really like any of them, but you have to choose. You have to choose to marry one of them and you have to choose to kiss one of them and you're going to kill one of them. So topic is any questions so far? All good. Can I use tongue? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, Ryan, it's on a penalty we're, we're flag. Saying kiss. I, I need I, to know if I can use tongue. When the options get thrown out there, add with tongue just for Brendan Shigaru. Brendan, did you ask that question to the first person you ever kissed? I'm wondering that now. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, just but checking. The fact that, okay, but the fact that you even had to ask me really <laughs> says a lot about me. So thank you. <laughs> Brendan, you, 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 if you would like to use your tongue, you go, you go right ahead, my friend. I okay. hate this. So, Thanks, Jack. <laughs> all right. So the topic is unpopular NFL rules. Here are the three. We are looking at the continued strict enforcement of the taunting penalty, roughing the passer, and the catch rule. So once again, it is the strict enforcement of the taunting penalty. Think Cassius Marsh, Tony Carante, roughing the passer, and the catch rule. You will need to kiss one, kill one, and marry one. The order will be Patrick, Brendan, Logan, Ryan, and I'm last. Okay. Uh, 
I can't, uh, Brendan. Um, so I'm going to kiss the roughing the passer call. Yeah, you are. I am. Um, yeah. So here's why. Like, I, I'm not crazy about it, but I also recognize the purpose behind it. The <laughs> there, there are very few good quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, if they were going down every week with a significant injury, the product would be poop. And so they need to protect uh, their money makers. And so I understand the rule. And so for that reason, it's the the lesser of those three evils. So I'm going to kiss that one. Um, I'm going to marry the catch rule because it's challengeable. And I think that leaves you a little bit of an out. I th- nobody knows what a catch is, but at least you have a chance to make an argument and, and challenge it if you're not happy with the result. So you've got some protection there uh, as, a, as a coach. And then I'm going to kill the taunting penalty because it's stupid. It's awful. Nobody likes it except for like four 92-year-old white owners um, who, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go there, but uh, it doesn't make any sense. Like nobody was clamoring for this rule, jumping up and down going, you know what we need? We need to completely change the course of a game because some guy did like a samurai kick 42 yards away from the other sideline. Like it's just (laughs) stupid. Nobody wants it. Get rid of it. I don't care what the mayor say. Well done, my friend. And you went first, and I love the passion. Really good. And the fact that he hip-checked Cassius was, man, that whole thing was so freaking weird. Awful. This is really difficult. I I like this question, Jack. Um, Thank you. I, well, I'll, I'll start where start off where Shells ended it. I'll say kill the taunting rule. It, I mean, Shells just pretty much said what I wanted to say. Nobody, nobody likes it. Sports are supposed to be fun, okay? If you're going to, like, wave at somebody as you're dancing into the end zone, don't penalize them for that. Penalize the other player who can't catch them. Like, seriously. Um, but th- this is where it gets tougher. And I'm just going to take a weird turn with this just because I'm going to kiss the catch rule because the catch rule is unpredictable. I, I just think maybe – I don't know. There's, there's no rhyme or reason. I, I think just – I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to. Just, I, I really just wanted curious to, where it might go. I yeah, you, it's curious where you might go. Like you, things. Are you want to slip an innuendo in there so bad, don't Dude, you? you? Guys are in your endo. I am fresh off a bachelor party where, you know, just all the innuendos were shared this weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard to get out of that mode. All right. <laughs> So, yes, I will say kiss the catch rule because it's unpredictable. You're curious as to where it might go, and there's just no rhyme or reason for any of it. And I guess I'll marry the roughing the pass rule because it's been consistently inconsistent for the last decade. And I think you see that trend continuing where some refs call it, depending on the quarterback. I mean, it doesn't seem to be getting any better, but you kind of know what you're getting at this point. You know if you hit the quarterback, just even so lightly, you're going to get penalized. And I just don't think that's changing anytime soon. So maybe that doesn't make sense to anybody else. I'm very sleep deprived, but that's my reasoning for this. I'm going to kiss the catch rule, similar to Brendan. And it's funny what he said was similar to my thinking because I was writing out some of my thoughts and I wrote, you never know. It could be good just once. The catch rule could work in your favor. It could not work in your favor. I'm just going to leave it at that. Leave it at that. Um, We're killing taunting. I think it's pretty straightforward. There's too many loser taunting penalties being called, and it makes the game less fun trying to be like baseball. And then I am going to marry the roughing the passer. Guys, we want... We want the roughing the passer penalties. This is what we talked about last week. We don't get those roughing the passer penalties coming from a single man, seeing so many happy folks out there married. I want that. I also don't sometimes, but and that, that's actually perfect. Sometimes you don't want it because sometimes you're on defense and you're like, well, be nice for a day. You know, I could. All right, I'm, Logan, I'm just talking you are, too much. You are wise beyond your years, my friends. That's that's yeah. all. I, no, I get it. I get it. Goes both ways. But yes, that is my kiss, kill, or marry. Great job, Jack. I love that. 
Thank you. Ryan, Taunt, go ahead. Taunting, I'm going to kill it. It's stupid. We've already been over that at this point. I am going to marry the catch rule. Jack, I know how much you hate this, but five years ago, I would have totally agreed with you, but I think they've gotten a lot better about it. And I, and I think Brendan or Sheldon, I can't remember at this point, uh, you know, hit the nail on the head. It's something you can challenge and they usually get it right at the end, usually. And the kiss is roughing. It's like Aaron Rodgers, like you touch him anyway, like, you know, you're going to get a roughing the call, but for most other people don't, but it's to protect a quarterback. And we all know the concussions and look at Jim McMahon. I mean, I just, I can't, you know, the quarterback needed to be protected. What was going on in the 1980s? Like that just, I know we love watching those highlights. Those dudes, some of those dudes can't walk right. That and it, I, that's, I don't care who you are. You know, like, eh, they used to be tougher. No, dude, they weren't. They just, you just didn't see the outcomes after the fact. So no, I, that's where I'm at, boys. I'm going to kiss the taunting penalty. I think ultimately it's short-lived. It's going to go away pretty soon. It's like, you know, when you have to leave the family like, get together and like Aunt Rita is there or like grandma is there. And it's like the ass out real quick peck. I'm just going to peck, like kiss and I'm getting out. I'm out. Like there's a little, there's a funky smell. I'm not sure what the smell is, but I'm going to get out of there. So it's real quick. And so I think ultimately... <laughs> Jack, I know where you're going. About? I don't. I are, don't we, know. are we still talking about the taunting rule? <laughs> Sometimes elderly people smell funny. <laughs> you can cut that. Who are you kissing, Jack? No, keep that in. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to edit any of this section. Good. Please continue. So, but wait, if you say that, some elderly people smell like roses. Okay. So anyway, I, I don't, while that one is ridiculous, I agree with you guys. I think it's short-lived and I think they're going to take that one out very soon. I am going to marry roughing the passer. I agree with you all. While I think it's got a little ridiculous, like you barely brush their face mask and like all hell breaks loose with the laundry on the field, we do need to protect the quarterbacks because they are the game. They're the franchise. Uh, I am absolutely going to murder, not just kill, I'm going to murder the catch rule because it's about the dumbest thing to have ever been invented. I think a group of Oompa Loompas got together in a studio somewhere and decided what a catch was. Make a football move? What are you talking about? I think this is like the penthouse court case where it was like, what is it? Like, I'm not sure how to describe it, but I know it when I see it. I think that's how they described it. And that's what it feels like with the catch rule. I've made catches. I know when I have a catch. I don't need you to tell me about whether or not the ground facilitated the catch or whether I bobbled it or all that other stupid stuff. Sometimes it's miraculous to make a catch and they just deserve to have the catch. You know, Jack, a wise Oompa Loompa once said, Oompa Loompa, Doompa D flop. Is that a catch or is that a drop? Brendan should three, three out of ten. That's like this. You're in the. You're in a mood like that. You're in rare form tonight. I'm very sleep deprived. Like I said, <laughs> gentlemen, please uh, check out Brendan Chagru's spoken word on tour this fall <laughs> at the Laugh Track in Chicago. Yeah, we're gonna snap. <laughs> uh, so, so Jack, you know, it's I've been trying to get you guys to watch uh, Aussie Rules football for forever, and they don't call it a catch; they call it a mark. And it's even more subjective. Like, dude will have his hands on it for like 10 seconds and then drop it. And they're like, nah, that's not a mark. And then another guy will like, he'll, he'll touch it quickly and then it'll fall to the ground right away. And they're like, oh, that's a mark. And you're like, huh? Like, that doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, which I think I, I understand like where you were five years ago. But again, I don't. I don't want to agree now. I guess the only other thing I would say is I really dislike the long and cumbersome process of the replay and trying to decide whether or not it was a catch. I, I feel like it really detracts from the overall enjoyment of the game. NFL games are too long. That's the point here, Jack, is like everybody who watches a game, sees a play and goes, oh, that's probably going to be a challenge. How are there not officials already watching that preemptively to say, like, let's just figure this out if the coach does challenge and then they do and they go, Oh yeah, we already looked at it. It's a catch or it's not a catch because then they can get in more commercials and that's more money for the NFL. Yeah. Fair point. How is it possible that baseball is doing replay better than the NFL? Baseball. Are they anything better than the NFL? Oh yeah, they are. They're, they're pretty quick with it. It seems pretty quick. Yeah. 
All right, gentlemen, it's time to get out of here. Time to give shout outs. Before we do, we just want to remind all of you, you need a Twitter account to be eligible for this Justin Fields jersey. Let me just say one more time. The thing is gorgeous, um, but it is not specific to your size. We've got one size. It's large. Sorry. Sorry, folks. That is what it is. But hey, it's free. So get over it. Maybe for shout outs, boys. Let's go. Jack, Logan, Sheldon, Shagru, and I will finish it up. Shout out to Logan Bradley, birthday boy, 19 years old. Congratulations, yeah, buddy. There you Someday go. Thank soon you, you'll be able to buy a beer and we'll go out and <laughs> we'll have one, buddy. No, happy birthday, sir. Shout out to all of the teachers who are about to start school. And in fact, not just the teachers, but the teacher's aides and the counselors and the administrators and the folks at the bus stops and at the crossing, the crossing guards, all of y'all. Uh, it's been tough years for you, those of you that teach. And I hope that you have a really great year. Thank you to my kids as teachers. I appreciate you greatly. Teachers, shout out to all of you. Ryan, I need a, like a rule decision here. Can I do a shout down, like the opposite of a shout out? Is that could you, could you do it quickly? Yeah, I'm gonna shout down Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky, and Steve Levy. Putrid, putrid, awful, awful broadcast, and I am done. Thank you, Jack, for the shout out for my birthday. Thank you, all you guys, um, for for wishing me happy birthday. I I had one specific shout out, and it was somebody who gave me a birthday wish on Twitter, and that was, and again, I'll say this wrong, but Pedro Lanza. His uh, he's at Pedro P D R O L A N C A, and he wished me a happy birthday. He's in Portugal. I'm not sure if he's a listener or not, but I just think that's pretty cool, and I I appreciate that as well as everybody else who wished me happy birthday. That was very nice. So if there's a lesson to be learned here, folks, it's if you want to shout out, say flattering things about the podcast hosts <laughs> uh, to it's continue true. that trend. Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Jason Malls. I hope I'm saying your last name right. Maybe Malls. He's at J-M-A-L-S 24. Uh, always bring in awesome stuff on Twitter, uh, alerting me to to tweets that I absolutely need to see. Um, and I appreciate that because despite the fact that many times I, I try not to respond to the stupidity that, that uh, is out there. Um, I do appreciate you sending those to me because sometimes you just need to call that out. Right. So uh, go check him out. And then I'm going to shout out Steve Martin guys. If you're not watching only murders in the building, what an awesome show. It's fantastic. I it's no secret. I am a huge Steve Martin, Martin short fan. Um, I may be giving this shout out in the hopes that someday they agree to have drinks with me just like for like an hour and like not a big deal. Um, just so we can riff and maybe talk some stuff. I got a few things I got to pitch Steve, but um, listen, give me a call. Uh, DM the, the podcast would be great. But if you're not watching only murders in the building, it's a fantastic show. Steve, if you DM the podcast, I'm just not going to say anything to shells and I'm just going to take it and run with it. So you don't see what do I that. deal with. Do you see what I, that could be? That could be one of the things that I need to talk to you about, Steve. I got a couple shout outs here. Uh, first goes to Tom Fenn. He's at TFen21. Um, really big Bears fan out in the East Coast. And him and I have just been going back and forth for a long, long time. Uh, he had, you know what, shells, you said it. Say flattering things about the podcast. So you might get a shout out. And Tom, um, him and I had some good interactions uh, during the preseason game when he wasn't able to watch. So uh, just shout out to him and thank you for all the support. Um, and this one, this is a shout out, but this is also kind of a moment of silence. Um, I just want to shout out Bears, uh, our guy, Ant Bears Cork, uh, part of the Irish Bears show. Guys, it hasn't been a good few weeks for Daz Newsom. That's his boy. So uh, can we just get a moment of silence for the inevitable cut of Daz Newsom, please? Thank you very much. That's for you, Ant. Uh, I love you, man. And I'm sorry that your favorite player is not doing well. Uh, and then shout out, shout out to Sonic for making a pickle slushy. I tried that on Friday. Uh, it was pretty bad. But kudos to you for thinking of the idea, um, because at least you're thinking outside the box. But man, that was disgusting. And my final shout out, I alluded to it, obviously, uh, but I was on a bachelor party this weekend for uh, one of my best boys, Tyler Tosh. 
I don't care that I'm using his last name. Uh, he doesn't have Twitter, but he is getting married in like a month and a half. And it, it was just such a fun weekend to be up there with him and all of our friends just basically shooting the, you know, what in Northern Wisconsin, playing drinking games, having a good time. Like those honest to God, those weekends with your boys are just some of the best memories. And it's uh, really just really, really fun. It's, it's totally worth being tired and slightly hung over for, but uh, just shout out to him. I love you, buddy. I know you're listening to this and just thank you for uh, including me in, in your both wedding plans and uh, just your, your bachelor party. Was it quail? Do you know what you were shooting? Was it quail? Uh, you know what? I don't think it was. Oh, I don't think it was. No. Although in Northern Wisconsin, you can pretty much shoot anything. Apparently. <laughs> this is the strangest episode we've ever done. That's not <laughs> true. Love it. It's ever. You know, okay. At the end, at least it, it, got, it got, it got a bit weird. Um, <laughs> All right, so I've got three shout outs to give. How freaking cool is Todd Welter? Can we just all just take a moment to uh, appreciate? Ordinarily cool. Todd is is awesome, and I can't imagine how much money you spent to take your family down to Disney. So good luck with that, buddy. I hope you can recoup your losses by the time you're 87 years old. Uh, but Todd was awesome. Loved having him on last week. The next one is going to go out to John Kuchai. Uh, John is the i think the only other port adelaide aussie rules football fan that i know of in the chicagoland area and we met each other on twitter he's also a bears fan so uh shout out to you and the last one is going to go to Corey of the irish bears show and formerly of the bear down report Corey, i'm not going to say why but you know you need a shout out and i'm just sending uh sending it out to, to you right now so i hope that you and your family are well and i am looking forward to uh hanging out with you when we go to the bears versus commanders game unfortunately we're going to have to look at a lot of orange ugh for all of you who are listening, thank you so very, very much. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate all of you for listening. Uh, there's a gajillion Bears podcast, and you're listening to this one. And so thank you so much for doing that. For Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, I am Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so much for listening. And as always, bear down, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs>